Hello there, I'm Adrian Barnard and welcome along to episode 5 of the Planet Sport Rugby podcast Japan 2019. It's match day 4 of the 2019 Rugby World Cup and today we're looking back at Monday's game between Wales and Georgia in Pool D and we're reviewing the weekend's opening fixtures, all with the able help of our guest analyst Jeff Anderson. Jeff is from the USA. He's a former player, referee, referees coach and a world rugby educator. He's out in Japan now, soaking up the atmosphere and getting to watch as many games as he can. So welcome Jeff and we'll start with Monday's action in Pool D. The final score was Wales 43, Georgia 14. A bonus point then for Wales after running in six tries altogether but uh, do you think they'll be pleased with every aspect of their opening performance Jeff? Well in, in his interview after the game Alan Wynne-Jones said uh, we're very pleased with the first half but not on the second half and he said I think we just let our foot up on the gas and I I think that was really it. They still played a dominating game if you look at the statistics they dominated Georgia in every single area uh, yards gained um, passes tackles made uh, Georgia wasn't even close. Uh, I was interesting where I was watching it at this uh, little sports pub. Wills was averaging a point a minute there. And when it was 22 nothing, and there was an injury time, the cameras looked at some of the Georgia players' faces and you could just see the disappointment and defeat and looked like some of them were running up the white flag already. So uh, Wales certainly, certainly dominated. Georgia knew it, and I apologize to everyone saying Georgia is not really Tier 2. They're Tier 1.5. No, they're back down to Tier 2. They're really not up there. I don't think they could beat Italy. There's a huge, huge difference between the Tier 1s, Wales, and the Tier 2 Georgias. It's going to be interesting. Wales and Australia, I'll be there Sunday to see it. Uh, Both had uh, good first games, but I think Australia's had the tougher opponent in Fiji, so they may be a stronger opponent than Wales thinks. Mm. Well, that's going to be a fascinating game, isn't it? And uh, realistically, that is going to be the game that's going to decide who wins the group, who finishes first and who finishes second. And that will have a knock-on effect for the quarterfinals. Yep, that's correct. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to see who wins this one. It makes a big difference in the quarterfinals, who you're facing. So both Australia and Wales have played one game each against Fiji and against Georgia, as you say. I mean, quite often the first game in the Rugby World Cup is is going to be something of a loosener, isn't it? You can't really expect all the teams to hit the ground running. So there'll be aspects of the game for both teams that they'd be looking to improve on after their first performances. So do you think it'd be a much tighter performance between Australia and Wales on Sunday and and how do you see that game panning out right now I would see it maybe as a five-point victory for Australia but something like uh, 28-23 okay Jeff and just a a little bit on the atmosphere in the stadiums you've been to a few games already what's that like oh absolutely phenomenal man yesterday when they're singing Ireland Ireland oh 50,000 voices just fantastic Uh, even tonight near the end of the game uh, when um, Georgia got its second try in the 69th minute, the crowd just turned, was roaring and cheering for them to score against Wales. Just They felt sorry and happy at the same time for the Georgians. Okay then, Jeff, uh, let's take a look back now at the fixtures over the weekend. After host nation Japan's opening match win against Russia on Friday, we had uh, three matches each on Saturday 
And Sunday, uh, on Saturday in Pool B, we had the Clash of the Titans with two times winners South Africa against the three times champions New Zealand. And uh, it was the All Blacks who emerged winners by 23 points to 13. A fascinating game that in so many ways. So what do you think we learned from both sides in that match? Uh, It just shows that territory means a lot. Uh, The game was played nearly 60% of the time in South Africa's territory. And in the last 10 minutes, New Zealand cranked it up to 75% of the play in the box end. You know, when you control the ball, you're going to be the better team. Although South Africa surprisingly had 53% possession. If you go to the Rugby World Cup website and look at the statistics, the Springboks were beaten badly in almost every statistical category. Tackles missed, tackles made, lineouts lost, scrums lost, rucks lost. I mean, they were overwhelmed in the statistical category. New Zealand was fortunate, scoring 17 points in a five-minute span to pull out to a good lead. And man of the match going to Bowden Barrett. I think the Springboks are not as formidable as they thought they were, as the world thinks they are. It's going to be interesting to see what happens later in some pool games. Mm. Yes, the uh, world champions certainly putting down a marker there. We'll also have a look now at the match on Saturday in Pool D with Southern Hemisphere sides Australia meeting Fiji. And it was the Australians who who won by 39 points to 21. They came back after an early scare in that game. Jeff, you predicted Mm -hmm. that Australia would win by about 40 points to 10 or maybe (laughs) 17. You're Mm -hmm. pretty close there, Mm 39-21. Again, what Mm -hmm. did we learn from both sides in that game? Well, uh, simply Fiji committed too many penalties and had a player sin bend. And, you know, it's just Australia, the pros from Dover, you could say, in 15s in rugby union. Fiji showed early why they're World and Olympic Sevens champs with their speed in their back line. However, Australia controlled the rucks and malls to send wave after wave after wave against the Vichyan defense, which eventually crumbled. Uh, so far in the World Cup, it's interesting. Teams are using the mall quite effectively when within the five-meter line. I mean, when they get a penalty kick uh, way over on the side, they will kick it at the five-meter line to get a line-out and get a mall at line-out and drive it in. And I have not seen any team, um, in fact, it's been in the press, any team can effectively defend against it. That's how the scores are coming quite a bit, driving the malls into in goal and kaboom, five points. Well, it's an effective weapon, so why not use it? (laughs) We saw a much closer game uh, between France and Argentina in Pool C. Mm -hmm. uh, And France just about Mm -hmm. held their nerve to win by 23 points to 21. Again, your prediction for that was 2015. So I think you anticipated that being quite a close game. Uh, You were at that one, Mm. Jeff. What's uh, impressed you most about the players there? Uh, what I like and impressed most is hearing uh, the French national anthem played by, <laughs> sung by 50,000 people. <laughs> but no, uh, Argentina have a massive pack. They showed it against France with two tries from balls from lineouts. So there you go. Or again, uh, French backs, though, they had the flair, the moves, the speed to overcome the Argentine uh, forwards power. Uh, they just traded blow for blow for blow. Uh, France went ahead on a drop goal by Lopez. At the end of the game, Argentina were awarded the penalty kick, and the wind took it just left, and that was it. But it was really, it was power versus speed, I would say. 
because uh, Argentina, they're smashing, smashing, smashing in those tackles and rocks, but uh, just couldn't go anywhere with it as they wanted to. Um, as soon as the French got the ball, boom, they're gone 50 meters downfield before tackled. Now Argentina has to work their way back up. <laughs> crash, crash, crash ball. We did see in that uh, match, of course, France built up a considerable lead by half-time and Argentina really came back at them. So are there warning signs there for France as the competition progresses? Do you think they might try and build up a, a lead and then still be vulnerable in the second half? I think they're going to be very vulnerable in the second half. They beat Argentina by the two points. They're going to beat Tonga. I doubt they'll beat England. Uh, but I don't think they're going to be any easy foe for USA. So they're guaranteed pretty much to go on. But that, that'll be about it, the quarterfinals, and that'll be as far as they go. Mm. OK, well, those are the three games on Saturday. So moving on to Sunday's mm-hmm. games. Now, the early match there saw Italy brush aside Namibia in Group B. That was as expected, 47 points to 22 being the score mm-hmm. there. Uh, did you see anything there, Jeff, to suggest that Italy could do enough to reach the knockout stages of the competition, bearing in mind they're in that very tough group with New Zealand uh, and South Africa? Yeah. I did, I did. Um, I mean, hey, right now, who would expect Italy to be atop Pool B's standings? They're a point ahead of the All Blacks after the first weekend of action. Uh, they poured in seven tries every which way you want, through the backs, through the forwards, through the mall, stolen balls. It was just phenomenal. Although Namibia started fast and ended fast in between, forget it. Uh, Namibia did defend fiercely, but could not stop the scoring as nearly two-thirds of the game was played at Namibia's end. I mean, Italy just had their way so easily. But uh, let's be honest, Italy are not going to get out of that group with South Africa and New Zealand, surely? Well, one would say no. That's probably 95% true, but what would people say four years ago with Japan playing South Africa? <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah, wonder of the yeah. World Cup, isn't it? That's the wonder of the World Cup. Right. So does this game say for me how good Italy is or how bad Namibia is? It's probably mostly how bad Namibia is. Mm. All right, then. So to Pool A and Ireland played and beat Scotland. No surprise there. Uh, again, that was a game that uh, you witnessed uh, in the stadium. Can you see Ireland going all the way this year? They've never got past the quarterfinals, I remember? I sure can. I sure can. I had a Japanese friend with me, Harumi. She, she's familiar with rugby, but not a big fan. But she, every 10 minutes in the game, she'd just say to me, Oh, Ireland is so dominating. I mean, it's, it's as if Scotland didn't show up. Uh, it was just a dominating performance of strength and speed that showed why they're ranked number one in the world in a 27-3 thrashing of Scotland. Now, this is interesting. The forwards, Irish forwards, were superb. They made 92 tackles and missed only one. I mean, a fantastic defense. Hmm. And the final game on Sunday saw England beat a very spirited Tonga side by 35 points to three. Now, Eddie Jones' side were not totally convincing, but uh, it's early days right. still, Jeff. And they did actually get a bonus point for scoring four tries. So what did you learn from England in that opening game? Well, you know, 35 to three sounds like a thrashing, but they, they wanted that bonus point that came in Fergie time. You know, Fergie time is your score in <laughs> extra time or in the injury time or at the last second. And that's what England did to get a bonus point. Um, you know, Eddie Jones worried about the number of handling errors 
that England had and the success Tonga had in the scrums, especially when England had used its full bench by 67 minutes. Tonga, they're always physical. However, Tonga had 19 missed tackles just in the first half alone, thus giving England multiple bites at the cherry that led Tonga to defeat. And so uh, we look forward then to Tuesday, and there's just the one fixture there, Jeff. That's his Russia take on Samoa in Pool A. Do you think the Pacific Islanders will emerge victorious there? I think they'll smoke them. Yep. <laughs> I do. They're going to be too big, too fast. Sorry. No, that's fine. I was going to say, but that'll be um, really good for Samoa to get a good win under their belt with some tough fixtures in their pool. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, it's going to be kind of hard on Russia. I mean, they play Friday. Now they're playing Tuesday, you know, just four days later. That's pretty tough. Uh, so give us a prediction for a score there. I'll put down uh, Samoa 30, Russia 15. Okay, we'll come back to you later in the week and we'll find out just how accurate that was. Okay, Jeff, for now, thank you very much indeed. And uh, you'll be back with us again tomorrow when we'll be finding out a little bit more about your background as a rugby referee, a referee's coach, and a world rugby educator. So uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow. Look forward to it myself. Now, you can catch up with all of our Japan 2019 podcasts on the free Planet Sport Rugby podcast app. So if you haven't done so already... Why not download the app right now from the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store? And now there's a lot going on with the Rugby World Cup this year. And if you've got any thoughts, questions or comments that you'd like to share on the podcast, then you can have your say. Get in touch with us on WhatsApp. The number there is plus four four seven seven zero seven 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 six seven nine zero. That's plus four four seven seven zero seven 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 six seven nine zero. And we look forward to hearing from you. Well, coming up later this week on the podcast, on Wednesday we'll be hearing the remarkable story of Chris Jones the only man in the history of Wales rugby to be banned for life not just once but twice, and how he was able to leave behind a life of violence to help young people in his community to find hope and a purpose in life. And on Saturday we'll be joined by South African legend Brian Habana as he talks about life after rugby and his hopes for the Springboks at the World Cup. So tomorrow I'll be back again with our guest analyst Jeff Anderson, and I hope you'll join us again for that. But for now, though, from Jeff Anderson and from me, Adrian Barnard, thanks very much for listening today. And the Planet Sport Rugby podcast, Japan 2019, is a passion for sport production. <laughs>